Oh, snap, snap, snap. The world is finally waking up to the crap that's baked into and sprayed on kibble dog food. No longer can commercial pet food manufacturers fool us with pretty pictures and false promises. This is the raw dog food truth. The view and opinions expressed on this podcast are not intended to replace medical advice. Before starting any raw diet, do research, ask lots of questions, and consult your vet. Well, hello, raw feeders. I'm Dee Dee Mercer Moffat, CEO of Raw Dog Food and Company, where your pet's health is our business, and we're friends like my friend, Dr. Judy Jasek. Well, we don't let people feed kibble now, do we, Dr. Jasek? No way. No way, not in a million years, not ever, not even the good ones, not even the good kibbles, not even the high-end kibbles, I started not, to even say, the, not even the ones that are sprouted or fermented or any of them. You know, I was, I was getting my teeth cleaned yesterday and, and um, I always had this shirt on, right? As I pretty much live in this because I was going down to the, I have several of these. Um, oh, okay. I'm, yeah, I'm glad so, to know that you wash them every now and yeah, then. Yeah, I don't just have one. <laughs> but um And she has this dog that she just loves. She loves this dog. It's 10 years old. And um, she said, um, well, I just went in and my dog's, you know, got high liver values. Hmm. And I said, and she said, they're very worried. And I said, well, how's he acting? He's acting fine. Jumps around fine. He's all fine. I said, what are you feeding? Well, Beneful. Oh, my God. Worst of the worst. Yeah. And I, and she said, and we're on Dasequin. And I said, well, here's the thing. <laughs> if you just like get rid of all that and, and start feeding pure raw, you know, uh, then, then I bet you could get rid of the Dasequin and the liver values would go down and your dog's, you know, teeth would mm-hmm. be great. Cause she was talking about the teeth and this and that. Anyway, it was, it was just amazing. It's always amazing that people don't really know about raw and she and she said i i I love my dog i want to give it a try so i think that um people just still have no idea that that stuff is causing all these problems and then you go in and oh the liver values are high they love to scare people oh my gosh gosh the fear well fear sells right it does supplements and more blood work and liver biopsies. I mean, we never used to see liver biopsies recommended. I mean, that was rare. It was like really chronic, really obvious, serious liver disease, you know, a vet would recommend a biopsy because they're a bit risky, requires general anesthesia. You can get bleeding afterwards and things like that. Now, any little bump in those liver ends, like, oh, we just do biopsy. Like, are you kidding me? Change the diet, knock out all the supplements. I had a case like this last week and the, and the, you know, cause it, like you said, the vets just over exaggerate things. They just, they just blow things out of proportion. And this dog's ALT was like, I don't remember exactly, but it was like maybe 200, not much of an L. I said, and she's like, Oh, my dog's liver enzymes are just off the charts. I'm like, well, in my book, that's not even really very concerning. So, and some people like the drama. So they like when I downplay their their drama, but the dog was on probably six or eight supplements. A couple of them were standard processed. Standard processed has all these other ingredients. I said, how many different things are you actually putting into your dog's body? And even if all those things aren't bad, you're making the liver work to metabolize them. 
And she'd had had the dog on raw and I think had gone back to kibble for what? some reason. I think, yeah, it just, it was a crazy convoluted story. And now she was, she'd gone back to kibble for a while. She was on like a fresh food diet, like farmer's dog or one of you those. Mean, but that's cooked. That's cooked. Come on, Dr. J. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like a not kibble <laughs> diet, but cooked and high carb and high carb. Well, you know, uh, what about all that protein for the, for the liver? Now, is it raw too much protein for the liver? So I'm like, no, in the whole species appropriate and, and blah, blah, blah. And so I, I told her, I don't know if, if she'll do it because <laughs> she was pretty indoctrinated into what she was already doing. I said, I would stop all the supplements except for, I think the vitamin D because the vitamin D had tested low. I said, keep, keep the vitamin D. But I said, the vitamin D, interestingly, when the dog was eating raw, they had, we had a previous vitamin D, it was normal. Now it was low because she'd been told we got to pull all the fat out of the diet. And she just had gradually degraded this dog's diet over time. Now we had, she was doing the VDI test for the inflammatory markers. Now, hmm like the TK1, the inflammatory markers were up. Vitamin D was down. Like it was so obvious to me. She, she'd gone downhill with the diet, less and less quality. And then all the lab work was going to hell. Now the liver enzymes are up. And I'm like, don't you see that if we went back to where you were, where your dog's labs were so much better. But I think it was one of those like it was easy for me to see the whole picture. I think she just kind of stepped into it. So she didn't see the broad picture. And I said, look, just for 30 days. And I hope she does it. I don't know if she will, but I hope she does it. Stop the supplements except for the D and go back. to. The she had a freezer full of raw. She just quit feeding it. Go back to your raw and let's recheck the labs and see what happens. And then let's talk. She says, you wouldn't do anything else for those liver enzymes. I'm like, no, I don't want to give your dog anything else to process because I think the problem is you're doing too much. And it's just a very, very common trend that, that I see people, like I said, they step into it. It's this supplement. I I've been down that road with working with um, like, even like naturopathic practitioners and chiropractors. And some of these practitioners are really big on supplementation. You go in and you do the muscle testing and then they start you on this handful of supplements. And the next time it's another handful. And all of a sudden I'm like, 20 or 30 supplements spending hundreds of dollars a month. I don't have any idea if any of them are, are helping. And I'm not feeling like a million bucks. Like I'm not feeling that much better. So I, it just, just this whole stacking supplement thing. I think it's, it's very easy to get for pet, pet parents to get roped into that. And it's, it, it's, it's not the best. I think we need to start with basics. And then if we're going to supplement, make it very targeted for what's going on with the pet. I agree. You know, with this whole respiratory illness thing, right? Mm -hmm. I didn't jump out there and start promoting, get this supplement and that supplement and that supplement. But I have a ton of people contacting me saying, what should I give? What should I give to boost their immunity? And I say, if you want to boost it with the turkey tail, the chaga, you know, mm -hmm. the phytoplankton, but Try not to throw everything at them at one time, right? But right. the biggest thing that you could do is keep processed foods, processed treats, and yep. crappy supplements, and um, you know, bad chews. And don't run into the vet and get all these vaccines updated. Man, what a push! And I, I was talking to um, 
the the what do they call the people that clean your teeth? Those people. The, the hygienist, the dental hygienist. hygienist. I was talking to her yesterday and I said, you know, the one area, because she she said herself, she said, I eat clean. She said, How do you feel about vaccines? And I said, Well, if if you can show me a clean vaccine, do you know how vaccines are made? And if you know how they're made, you there's not really one. And she said, I so agree. And uh, I said, the problem is, is that the one area that I consistently see no pushback and total alliance is in the, with their vets. And I said, so that's a problem. That's a problem because I'm not trying to turn people against their vets, but it's, it's, if they're marching down a road that is wrong, you are going with them unless you're yeah. going to question your dog's going with them. Right. And this right. whole respiratory illness thing, I think, and you've been sending out the information on your Substack and talking about it. I mean, what do you think the biggest push is that you're seeing in this Vaccines. respiratory? Yep. It's, it's, it's get them every single thing you read. And this is another big clue. If you're reading the same narrative, like you're reading from different sources and it's the same narrative, it isn't, that isn't news. It's not really information. It's programming. It's programming. There's a, there's a program narrative that they want to get out to you. And when you keep reading, and I've read this on different sites, like the state of Tennessee, the state of Colorado, you know, you, you know, we get these emails and stuff. The official narrative is almost verbatim the same. And what's the first thing, the main thing they tell people to do, they don't talk about nutrition. They don't talk about building the immune system. They say, go get your vaccines updated. And then they don't even know what's freaking causing it. That thing, did I say, I think, did I send you that thing from Kansas state? They have a test, they're testing for it. And they don't even know what they're testing. They're like, well, we can, they don't even say what they're testing for. And they say, they don't, they don't know, they they don't know for certain if the test is positive, if it's what's causing the respiratory illness. But they can test. Like it made no sense whatsoever. And people are going to go sign it. Like I was talking before about testing. People get hooked on these test results. And I think these tests are bogus. I, I mean, I really woke up to this during COVID because I think. You know, and I've heard a lot of people say this. We did not have an epidemic of some virus. We had an epidemic of positive tests. And and I've heard that some of those tests were just programmed. I mean, it was already like in the test. So the test was going to test positive no matter what. And I heard people testing for all these, like they test um, a pineapple or something and it would test positive for COVID. So I think a lot of this testing is bogus, but that's what people get hooked on parvo Lyme disease like okay if, if we're going to say well these microorganisms don't exist well then what are they testing for and I don't know but if we threw all those tests away and just treated the patients the patients would be a lot better off but conventional medicine they need a thing to scare people with it's oh it's a positive test you know now you got to get you know got to do this and this and this treatment if they can't name it they can't give you their you know algorithmic treatment protocol to to treat it so it's just it's crazy it it is crazy and there's not going to be treat the patient going forward it's not there now it's not there with the dogs 
right? Um, and it and and so I often wonder, you know, people really worry and about have having a vet. Okay, I get it. You need a vet if your dog gets hit by a car. You have to have them sewn up. You know, you want to get them spayed or neutered. I just don't see any need for my 81-year-old mother or my five-year-old dog to go in annually for somebody to look at my pet. Right. I, I, I don't, I don't understand it. Every time my mom goes in, she gets a buttload of medications that, that have adverse effects. One mm-hmm. is going to cause this and the other one's going to cause that. And she, you know, she's kind of a mess at the moment. Because yeah. of and these then, pharmaceuticals. And then they require her to go back in to get those refills. Yeah. Right? She probably has to go in every three months. I think my mom had to go in every, it was every three or every six months to get her thyroid. She's on thyroid meds, you know, but they wouldn't refill without another exam, you know, and that's how they keep you. They keep you in the system. You get these drugs and you go in. And then like you said, oh, you know, your blood pressure is up 10 points and then they, and they lower the parameters. I remember this with my mom. They, they, the high end of when they want, they would start people on um, blood pressure medicine kept getting lower. Like every couple of years, it was like, you know, well, if it goes above 180 and then if it goes above 160 and then if it goes above 140, why? Because then they get millions more people on these, on these drugs. They just change, they just change the parameters. And I mean, people don't pay attention to that. They just listen to what the doctor said. So I, and I agree with you anymore. I, I used to, I, I used to recommend, I had a clinic, I used to recommend, yeah, bring your pet in every year. Let's just check their teeth and listen to their heart and make sure everything's going okay. But I, I don't recommend it anymore because it just, people get beat up for feeding raw. They're forced to give vaccines. And I tell people, you know, go to the ER. If your pet is sick or hurt, um, the, cause the emergency rooms are not as plugged into the, to the wellness piece. So they're a little less likely to push vaccines or talk about diet, or you can just say you feed whatever, you know, it's not going to be a big part of the conversation or, or you just say, look, I'm just here. Cause my dog's hurt. Just take care of that. I got a regular vet. I deal with all the other stuff. And, and a lot of times you can get by with that. And that's, that's the way I manage my own. I, I, I couldn't even tell you the last time I went to conventional doctor. I, you know, I have medical insurance just so like, if I did get in a car accident or something, it, it's, it doesn't like bankrupt me, but, um, that's really the only time I'd go to get any kind of conventional care is true, a true emergency where you needed like a, you had a broken bone or something like that. But yeah, that's what I'm telling people don't, don't go in for the one, you know, your pet, pay attention to your pet. You, you'll know if, if your pet's sick, don't, don't go in for the wellness visits. Right. And it's too, it's too bad. It's too bad because it, you know, it used to be people could have a relationship with their vet. And I think that's what people want. They could go in, they could kind of go over, what are they feeding? What are they doing? How am I doing? You know, my, t- you know, just run things by. And that's, I have clients that, that do that with me now. Like I do wellness consults and they're like, they, I just want to review the diet. I want to review the program. Um, you know, is there anything else I can do to make sure I keep my pet healthy. So I do those consults, but in conventional medicine, it's about, are you updated on vaccines? Do you have your heartworm and your flea and tick? And, and here's your bag of prescription diet. That's what the wellness visits are. So the wellness visits are just making pets sicker. It's, it's so tragic. It's just so tragic. 
Yeah. And then they're like, okay, you got to do a dental. And I know that some dogs should, but you know, you and I were talking about this because I went in, right? Because mm-hmm. I have this crown. Yeah. Been dealing with a crappy crown for three years. That the the dentist who even put this crown on is gone. Um, and and they've adjusted it and they've adjusted it. And so every now and then there's this, you know, um sensitivity. So I go in and um the 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 dentist that I see actually grew up very holistic. And then she went to nursing school and then she became a dentist and all this kind of stuff. So she said, Dee Dee, look, I I I get that you I, I see both sides. She said, but I think we need to do a root canal. Right. And um and I said okay. And I came home and I talked to you. <laughs> And you and I said, maybe it's not a good idea because I knew that there were a lot of dangers with these root canals, mm-hmm. right? And they did sort of this, you know, x-ray and they said, oh, there's bacteria in there. And I just started thinking, well, if there's bacteria in there, when I just, you know, swish with some hydrogen peroxide or some different things that that we've talked about. Anyway, I canceled the appointment and my tooth's mm-hmm. fine. And my tooth's fine. But there was this moment, the reason that I said, okay, is because I was a little bit fearful, you know, when they said, well, there's all that bacteria in there, but then there's the same bacteria up here. Why don't I have a crown up here? And I was like, something's, mm-hmm. not, something's not right here. Something didn't feel right. I don't think I want to do it. So I could see, and and I have a team, right, that I trust or or friends, let's say, team and friends, you guys. And so I can bounce things off of you. And we do look at what Cowan's saying, and we look at the out of the narrative. The Weston A. Price is a great site, and they've got a lot of stuff on the dangers of a root canal. But my whole point to this ramble is that I understand what ha- that you don't make mm-hmm. great decisions when you're in afraid, a- afraid, and so you got to step back and wait, right? And so I thought, what is the danger of waiting? been there three years what's the danger of waiting if it really becomes and it hasn't it never has been an issue where it's just totally throbbing that i can't make it through the day or that i can't so i just decided i'm not doing anything right now yeah and keep keep looking keep looking for a biodentist right which you sent me yeah ozone and stuff like that and you've had a lot going on but um you know that would be something I'd look into, see if there's other techniques because biodentists are true. Well, they should be holistic dentists. I don't know if they're all truly holistic, but they're more, you know, biologic and tend to treat your mouth more naturally and use non-toxic compounds. I've heard there's a lot of toxicity in the dental anesthetics, the local anesthetics now. Um, I know I got really, really, really sick after having a wisdom tooth out a couple of years ago after, and I know it was the anesthetics because I was fine and the tooth pain went away and all that, the pain of the extraction. And then I was sick for like about 10 days or so, just kind of malaise and stuff. And I'm like, I know I'm just, I'm detoxing from all the stuff they, you know, they had to inject. So it's not, it's not a benign procedure, even though the dentist would tell you that and they're expensive. So it's, it's a big, that's one of the things I've heard in going like ozone lectures is that root canals 
are, are a scam because dentists make a lot of money doing them and they recommend them sometimes, not always, but sometimes unnecessarily or where there would be other treatments, but they'd rather just go in and do the root canal. And then it, it deadens the root. So your pain, you're guaranteed your pain is going to go away because you're getting, you're obliterating the root. So, you know, the pain is going to go away and they make a couple thousand dollars in the process and, you know, they're happy as clams. You're exactly right. It was two grand. Yeah. And, and that was discounted because I already had a crown. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, well, let me, you know, but my, my concern was they would have to shoot that anesthetic in me because obviously they got to go in there and drill. And I was like, yeah, if that's contaminated, I'm not real sure that I want to do that. Mm-hmm. You know? So these are things that we just have to, we have to look at um, in, in the medical industry right now. Um, and it, and, and so I feel that the more that we can just learn about our bodies, be aware of what our dogs are doing and don't panic. I mean, even, you know what, here's the thing, Dr. Jasek, even if your dog had cancer, they're not going to die the next day, right? So take some time to take a look at what's happening, right? What can you change the diet? Can we have a consult with you? Then we do some ozone. Do we, you know, we have to not panic right then, right? Mm-hmm. And say, I've got to go get this surgery or take that leg off or do all these different types of things. Yeah. But they're like, wait, wait, pull right. back, step back, think. Um, and the, and the, can the conventional vets, and I know this from talking to my um, cancer clients, they put the pressure on. I mean, say a dog goes in, the bone tumor... They want to schedule them right then and there. You have to schedule this surgery today before you leave. And then you, and you're going to start your chemo treatments. And they really put the pressure on people. And people are in shock because they just heard that their dog has cancer. So, yeah, I agree. Just take a step back. Get some different perspectives from different types of practitioners. Because all your conventional vets are going to say, diet doesn't matter. Well, it's it's the most important thing. You know, they're going to say, yeah, just feed whatever. Just keep their weight up, you know. Um, and they will specifically say, don't feed raw. I mean, I've had a lot of people just say, well, I stopped feeding raw when my dog was getting chemo because it, because it's, it's immunosuppressed. So you feed it some crappy toxic food instead, because your dog can handle that a lot better when it's immunosuppressed, right? Than fresh feed. It doesn't even make any sense when you think about it. It's like, oh no, there's just this thing about raw being evil and contaminated with bacteria and parasites and and the, just don't think about what what do you think's in kibble it's it's just it's just a toxic soup so i i had um a a, a new uh customer and he was buying all these bones right and he and he called me wanted to place the order over the phone he was buying all these bones and i said well what he said you know I got to keep my dog uh, busy and I want to do this and do that. Anyway, his dog was 25 pounds overweight. Oh, geez. This dog weighed a hundred pounds. He should have weighed 75 pounds. And I said, well, what are you feeding? And it was a kibble diet. Um, so I said, listen, and he was also on Dasequin hmm. for the joints. And I said, listen, if we get this weight off this dog, you know, all of that's going to change. 
right? Get the weight off, stop putting in the inflammatory foods. I said, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you a sample with your bones. I'm going to give you two pounds of um, chicken blend, which, you know, is not the one that I would have this dog on, but I just said, let me just see what your dog will do with raw. He calls me back. My dog loved it. Absolutely loved it. So I want to order some raw food. And I said, okay, how much do you want to order? Well, just a little bit because my vet said that um, I shouldn't be doing you know, it the way that you said. And I said, well, let me ask you a question. Um, is your vet a raw feeding vet? No, as a matter of fact, he's against the raw diet. I said, then why would you listen to him? Right. Over me. I said, um, your vet seems to be fine with the the way that your dog is right now. And your dog is not healthy. It's overweight. It's got inflammation. It's got joint pain. You know, I said, so, and I, and I think, you know, sometimes I just say it. And I just said, I think, I, I think I took him back. Cause I said, I've, I've only been doing this about 23 years, right? Almost 24. Your right. vet knows nothing about where I said, you want to go to him and, you know, have your dog sewn up or do surgery or whatever. I don't tell him how to do surgery because I know nothing about it, but I do know dog nutrition. Mm-hmm. And his comment was, well, I've, I have a blockhead. I don't know if he called him a lab or whatever. I think it was an English, you know, lab, the ones that are square and mm-hmm. square headed. And he said, I've raised a lot of these and they all have digestive issues. And I said, mm-hmm. you fed every one of them kibble. Right. Right. And he said, yes. And I said, the breed doesn't have digestive issues. Any dog that eats mm-hmm. kibble typically has digestive issues. Right. And so I said, you've never fed raw, right? Right. So it, it, it is this concept that people think, well, it's the breed because they've always fed their dog. Right. They don't, they don't look at, well, maybe it's the diet. Like what's the other, so the breeds, the a common denominator, what's the other common denominator, common denominator, the kibble diet, but they don't, right. they don't think about that because their vet doesn't tell them that there's any problem with it. And you can't feed just a little bit either. Like a, I think a little bit of kibble is almost just as bad as feeding the, the whole kibble. That's why we don't like kibble fixers, right? Um, because you could add some extra nutrition by feeding raw with the kibble. They get some additional nutrients, but that kibble's inflammatory. So you're not getting rid of the inflammation. You're not helping the dog lose weight because it's all those processed carbs that's putting the weight on. I mean, it's really hard to have a dog really obese like that, like 25 pounds overweight on raw. I mean, they just, they might get a little overweight, but for the most part, they maintain lean body mass, like really, really well on raw, but the kibble that just, that just puts the, puts the fat right on them. So feeding a little bit doesn't that, you know, it just, it's, you're not really gaining much. You're, you're spending money on another food and maybe improving the nutrition a little bit, but you're not reducing the inflammation. And that's at the root of the problem. So I, I try to tell people, you know, just try it for 30 days, just try it for 30 days and see what you notice. Like just, you know, I know it's more money, but you could probably do it for one month and just go hundred percent raw for 30 days and then decide what, what are you seeing? And 
I mean, so many dogs just do a 180, you know, their, their joint pain goes away. They start to lose weight. Their coats are better. They have more energy. People don't sometimes don't even realize that their dogs aren't feeling good until they really start to feel better because we, most of the dog population, sadly, probably 90% of it are toxic, overweight, over-vaccinated, over-medicated, kibble-fed dogs. And so that's what people get get used to seeing. I mean, people tell me Max is too thin. I'm like, no, this is what a lean, healthy puppy is is supposed to look like. Yeah, but I can feel his ribs. I'm like, yeah, you're supposed to. You couldn't, feel, if you can't feel, like if you push and you can't feel a rib, then your dog's overweight. You know, it's like two right? inches of fat there, right? Yeah, you shouldn't feel like skin and bone, you know, but yeah, you, you should be able to feel the ribs and the bumps of the spine, you know? But people aren't used to, just aren't aren't used to seeing that. You know, you were talking about, can you imagine how the dogs feel? And you were just commenting on how you felt after you had this dental procedure because you were injected with certain things, right? And your body's trying to get rid of it. Our dogs don't have a way to tell us that. But I will say that most of the time, what people relate that to is uh, food. Now, I'm going to agree that kibble is going to make any dog not feel well. But my point is, why, why can we not correlate pharmaceuticals, injections, with mm-hmm. with that that that's that's just like that box they've been able to program us so that we don't even look there we don't think about it we don't say flea and tick or heartworm or all these vaccines cause these reactions and yet on on the tv dr jasic in the in the sheets it's going to say here's all the adverse reactions i yeah. mean when we look back on the on the on the COVID um, vax. I think I saw a a page. It was like, I think they said seven pages. It was something like seven pages of adverse reactions. Seven pages. Mm -hmm. And yet sign me up for that. And yet we were, and, and yet all we could see was, oh, this is going to protect me. So that programming is so strong. The mm-hmm. protection looks like this and the adverse effects look like this when it's absolutely backwards. Right. Exactly. I posted on my Substack. It was this um, vaccine expedient and media summary or something. And I'm like, I was listening to a podcast and I'm like, what the heck is that? And he's like, you look it up and they have all this human vaccines, but it has all this list of all these vaccines and all of the chemicals in them is really because. And so each one has this list of like uh, many, I mean, probably eight, 10, 12 chemicals. And you look at that and like, how could these possibly be safe if you're putting all these chemicals in? Now this was humans, but they did have like adenovirus and influenza and rabies. And it's not a big stretch. I mean, it's it's all the same industry. If all these chemicals are in human vaccines, you can be pretty sure they're in the animal vaccines, especially the ones with similar names like the adeno and the influenza, which is a big push now 
I, I think um, part of this whole respiratory illness um, push is, well, we're not selling enough influenza vaccine. Let's get people afraid and we got to get rid of our backstock because people aren't buying this stuff. You know, we got to get them a little bit afraid of respiratory disease so that run out and get their influenza vaccine. The, the industry is that is that evil. It 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 really is that evil. But uh, you have to question, why would they push free flu shots? Yeah. Free flu shots because, and, and my mom will attest to this, when when she stopped taking the annual flu shot, every year she had bronchitis, every year she was on all these meds. I said, stop doing the flu shot, okay? There's no possible way that a flu shot is going to protect you from anything. It's just not possible. She hasn't been sick since. Hmm. Go figure. So let's see, could they make more money treating the side effects of the vaccines than they could selling the vaccine? So it's actually like the vaccines are just a, a marketing campaign to make people sick so that they treat the side effects. Hmm. Interesting idea. We're just conspiracy theorists. That's it. <laughs> I just... know. Where's my tinfoil hat? I got that around here somewhere. <laughs> but but it's so it's so true. And I, I'll never forget, I was speaking in, where was I? I think I was in Chicago. And uh, this is back when I was doing my, my corporate speaking. And I was in a taxi with, um, I, I don't know what he called himself, but he was a scientist. He worked with the flu vaccine. Okay. Mm. And I, I'll never forget, I asked him, would you take the flu vaccine? And he said, I personally would not. Wow. Interesting. Now that's really telling. Yeah. yeah. He, he said, no, I, I personally would not. And I said, all I need to know, because I had asked him something else that he said, well, I can't really, you know, comment on that or whatever. And I said, all right, well, let me just ask this. Would you take it? And he said, no. Hmm. I was like, all I need to know. Because I, I don't, I wouldn't, I, I don't think I've ever taken a flu shot. I don't know why no, you would. I don't think, I don't think I have either. I, no, I, I don't think I, probably the last shot I would have, and this was many, many years ago before I was like really aware of what's going on was probably a tetanus shot. I think I had a cut or something and I don't know, I went in and they said, well, you need a tetanus shot every 10 years or something like that. And the, I don't know how long ago this was probably 30 years ago or something. But no, I've never, never, never gotten one. I, I just stopped. I mean, to just see that I see the harm that they do in my patients because I, I pay attention and I connect the dots. Oh, your dog has was diagnosed with cancer in October. When was its last set of vaccines? Oh, September. Hmm, interesting. Do you think that could have been the tipping point? People will ask me, do you think maybe those vaccines could have been the tipping point that set this off? Like, yeah, pretty sure of it. Because I think right? that's what happens. Their bodies are, especially if they're on a kibble diet, their bodies are inflamed. They're not getting good nutrition. They're pumping these vaccines in year after year after year. And that works for a while when they're young, just like we can get away with more get when we're young, get away with eating and drinking more different things and not sleeping as much. But as our bodies get older, you have to take a little better care of them. And the same thing happens with pets. So then you get to a middle-aged pet and they've been toxic for all these years. And then it's that one set of vaccines and then boom, they just cross that threshold. Their body can't do it anymore. And, 
and, uh, and we see cancer show up. And the fact that I'm seeing cancer younger and younger, as young as 10 months old, I had a, a dog diagnosed with an oral melanoma at, at 10 months of age. What else could that be besides the vaccines? They're not even really old enough, even if they're not on a good diet, they're not really old enough really for that diet to catch up with them. It has to be the vaccines. And so why are we seeing it younger and younger and younger? These vaccines have to be more and more toxic. I, I think they're, I think they are literally, the industry is literally killing our pets, just like they're killing off the people. There, but but people won't even say that, Dr. Jasek. What they will say is that's some sort of genetic yeah, yeah. disease. It's, genetic. it's just bad genetic. It's a Bernese mountain dog or whatever. So all golden retrievers get lymphoma. Yeah, I've heard that one. Boxers just destined to get mast cell tumors. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't buy into that breed stuff. Can there be a genetic predisposition? Perhaps. But can you change that with, you know, proper diet and lifestyle? Yeah, absolutely you can. So have you had anyone contact you that has a dog with this so-called respiratory funky bacterium respiratory illness? Yeah, I've had a couple with the symptoms, with the goopy eyes. Um, Because it's another thing they're saying, like goopy eyes. Sometimes get goopy eyes a lot, you know, like. Max out there in the leaves. Do you think he didn't doesn't have a little eye discharge when he's been out there, you know, head, you know, diving in the in the leaves? Sure he does. I'm not worried about it being this funky respiratory bacterium. But yeah, people because those are common symptoms. The symptoms they're putting out there are very vague and very common. So yeah, people will contact me said, I think my dog might have might have had that, you know, because it had these symptoms. I'm like, okay, don't vaccinate. Just let's make sure your dog's on a good diet. Keep your dog healthy. We keep it away from other dogs just in case. But, you know, we don't, we, let's, let's not panic. So yeah, I've, I've had a few. I mean, certainly not. I think people are just paying closer attention because of the press. I think most people would just like, I oh, know yeah, my dog's got a little eye booger and they don't think twice about it. Now they're like, oh my God, eye booger must have the funky <laughs> bacterium, you know? It just but they're not people- coughing? They're not even not- coughing. No, no, I have, I don't think I've had any that are truly coughing. Mm-mm. The eyes have been the main thing that I've seen. But here's the thing. Okay. Um, I got eye boogers. I got to go get vaccinated. And then the dog starts coughing or then we have problems. And it's like, see, dog had it all mm-hmm. along. And, and, and good thing they got the vaccine because it would have been a lot worse <laughs> if they hadn't gotten that shot. The, and, I don't, and, I go ahead. I was going to say, and people are vaccinating for things that are completely, they don't know what this is, but they're telling you to go get these vaccines that are completely unrelated because they don't know what it is. Yeah. Don't do that. Ah! It doesn't even make any sense. There it is. It's the the funky bacterium boogeyman coming through the door. (laughs) And out the eyes. (laughs) Uh, People might say we're heartless, but we're not. We're just trying to keep pets healthy. And, uh, and, and for some reason it tends to make some pet parents a little angry. Yeah. Cause they'd rather believe the narrative. I mean, I don't know why. I mean, I, I mean, if people want to go to go down that road and get all these vaccines, cause they believe that's the best thing for their pet and live in fear and, and be identified with all these diseases and syndromes, then I, there's nothing really I can do to help with that because those pets are never going to be healthy. 
Dr. JC. Really, really want to make a change, then we can help you. Yeah. You're supposed to meet people where they are. <laughs> what, what does that mean? Really? What does that mean? I'll meet meet them where they are and slap them upside the head. (laughs) (laughs) That's what our meet you where you are is. We're going (laughs) to snap you right out of it is what we're going to do. All right. Let me ask you about this um, Lyme disease. You just wrote about it in the Substack. And by the way, um, Dr. Jasek puts out a lot of great information on her Substack, including an adorable video of max yesterday uh di- you've got some leaves going on out there now that that looks like fall that that's is exactly a, what oh, fall looks like yeah it's a big pile and we still got them on the ground too we that's a lot of that's a lot of rake in there and we still got more yeah we got a lot of trees that's our trade-off but from what i understand we're not going to have to shovel snow but we do have to rake leaves right and so she post posted max diving through the leaves that was so adorable um, so you want to get on Dr. Jasek's Substack. It is what is it again? I I, I sort of say, is it Dr. Jasek or is it Judy Jasek? It's Judy Jasek. It's Judy Jasek DVM.substack.com. Okay, got it. Okay. On one of your articles that you put out, and Dr. Jasek is doing some podcast of her own over there, interviewing some people. So you want to make sure you get on that. Um but you talked about Lyme disease. This is another issue where people see a tick and then they're like, I, you know, I don't want my dog to have Lyme disease. Um, therefore, I've got to put these uh, pharmaceutical things on or in my dog so they don't get Lyme disease. But what did, what did you say in that sub stack about yeah. Lyme disease? Well, there's the the main thing I posted was a video by Dr. Sam Bailey, who is in uh, New Zealand. I learned about her through Dr. Cowan. She was um, I'd seen her on Dr. Cowan's podcast a few times, and she's she's very holistic, very terrain theory, doesn't believe in the germ theory, and she has a I think one of the best synopsis I've seen, just brief and to the point of how Lyme disease started and why it is potentially just a scam. Um, but what, what I see with Lyme disease, so supposedly it's caused by this Borrelia is the name of the bacteria that is transmitted by the tick. And so if that were true, and supposedly this bacteria is sensitive to tetracycline, that's the most common antibiotic. But what we see clinically is, okay, dog is bit by a tick, goes in for the test. And this is another thing like, okay, test positive. Maybe has symptoms, maybe not, but now we've got this positive test, so we better treat. So the initial treatment is doxycycline. Well, if it was just a matter of this chicken injecting this bacteria that's sensitive to tetracycline, a course of antibiotics should take care of it. But that's not what Lyme disease is. Most pets and people too that supposedly have Lyme disease, it's this long, chronic joint pain, people get skin rashes, fatigue. I mean, there's a lot of symptoms and I'm not saying that the symptoms aren't real. I just question, is this really due to that tick bite or is there more to the picture that's then overlooked that doesn't get addressed and it becomes chronic because we're not getting to the root of the problem. Are we looking at diet and you know vaccines and all these other things that we talk about 
I, I know there's, there's more to the story here. And so I've always questioned, well, what really is Lyme disease? And, and, and what happens then is dogs are put on months, uh, and this is what's recommended on the conventional side, they'll be put on months and months of antibiotics. If antibiotics are truly indicated for, so we've got this microorganism, it, it shouldn't take more than a week. If, if, if it's truly an appropriate antibiotic for what's going on, but they prescribe them for months and months and months, and then they'll, they'll stop and then they get some symptoms and then they'll put them on more months of antibiotics. So at that point, the pets are getting sick from the antibiotics because it's impacting their gut. And then they're on pain meds because their joints hurt and, and all these things. So I think there's just a lot more to the picture than just this simple organism transmitted by the, by the tick and this whole supposed Lyme syndrome. I just think there's a lot more to the, lot more to the picture. And we need to be getting the root cause of, I mean, finding the root cause of inflammation in the, in the body. I mean, that's the key, I think, for treating just about everything. We've got to reduce the inflammation, get all the body systems working properly and harmoniously with each other. And that's how they regain health. But people get hooked on this idea. It's Lyme disease, Lyme disease. It's, it's like, there's an identification with, oh, my, my dog has Lyme disease and I have Lyme disease. And, um, it, it just, it just sticks. I actually remember Dr. Cowan once in one of his podcasts, he said he had a woman come to him when he was still doing like patient consults and said he had, she had Lyme disease. And he said, okay, for the next six months, don't ever say the word Lyme. Don't, don't say it. And she got better because he broke her identification with it. She was identifying with this syndrome and this, and her symptoms were, were created by what she was kind of creating in, in her mind. And when she stopped identifying with that, all the symptoms went away. Now, I don't think our pets do that, but the people sure do. And I think some of that, that energy can translate or anything that shows up in the pet, the pet starts limping. Oh, there's that Lyme disease. It's back again. Better go in and get another round of antibiotics. Well, maybe the pet pulled a muscle and you put them on the antibiotics, the pet gets better. Well, did it get better because of the antibiotics or because the pulled muscle healed? You know, it's like, is that sort of thing. So I think there's a whole lot more to the picture and we need to be trying to get to the root cause of what's going on um, and not just believing that it's always just this, this one thing. Yeah. I remember, you know, Dr. Carrie Majde, right? Mm -hmm. So she did a, a thing on Lyme and, and, and tick disease at one time. And what she said was the same. She was, she was questioning it and they were having some success with the way that they were treating it. And she was talking to the CDC and, and things like that. And basically what she said was the CDC said, you need to back off this. You need to back off of this issue. Oh, to her. Yeah. They came to her. Huh? Interesting. Yeah. As a matter of fact, she left and moved uh, because she was worried about her safety for a while, moved out yeah. of the country. Um, and because she was doing a lot of whistleblowing and was mm -hmm. told you need to, you need to be quiet. And mm -hmm. so 
I've listened to her about that as well. Um, yeah, it's it it it's it's amazing all of the information that we're finding out right now uh, about these COVID vaccines and what Pfizer did. If you look at what the Texas uh, Attorney General is filing a lawsuit, right, that they misled the public, um, and they have all this documentation. Well, what's really going to happen, right? Are we, uh, we can have all of this information out there right now from the independent uh, podcasters, independent news people, uh, people who who were shunned, people who were shut down, and they're trying to bring all this stuff out. And we do see the evidence where they did lie to us. But what will happen? What will happen? Will people really trust themselves and 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 stop being pulled into this fear porn on every corner? I don't know. That's the question. Because you know, I, there's yeah. a there's a story about um, when uh, the the pilgrims were first coming to America and the Indians, like the Native Americans, were there, and they looked out in the ocean. They saw the ships, or the ships were there but they couldn't see them because there wasn't a point of reference for them to see the ships. And I think that's really pertinent because I think people just, things are just, that it, that's just too much for people to, to take in. And so they just don't see it. They just won't accept that as the truth. Not, not everybody. Some people say, wow, like me, like I hear something like I get curious. Yeah, like, okay, well let's stick it. Like, I don't know. I don't know exactly what's going on with Lyme disease, but I'm curious about it. I'd like more information and I'd like to look at what are we really seeing here? But I think for some people, the truth is just, it's just, it's just too big. And it's just, it's so different from their, what they're used to and their current paradigm. They just want, like, they literally will just like, block it out. Like, la, 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 I never heard that. I think that happens with, that's the case in my family. I just can't even like, I mean, I just can't even really converse with my family because it's, we're so different in our perspectives of the world. And, um, you know, then it's just down to small talk and the weather and what, how are the chickens doing? And, you know, which is okay, but um, you know, there's about a thousand elephants in the room and I just don't like, I just don't like, I don't like that. I want to speak my truth and I want to converse with people like you that speak your truth. And we, we talk about what's going on in the world and we try to get down to what's, what's really going on, not just, just buying into the narrative. But I think some people just, just can't fathom it. And so they just don't see it. Well, we were talking at the warehouse. Brian said, okay, I've got one for you, Dee Dee. I said, all right, Brian, give it to me. Lay he said, you me. know, lay it on me. He said, there's these new washer and dryers out now that are for people who have pets, right? They're to get rid of a lot of the hair. And he said, and I read all the reviews. He said, um, so I, I needed a new dryer. He said, so I have this comforter, king-size comforter that has a lot of dog hair on it. So, so I washed it, and he said, I pulled it out of the washer, and clearly there's still a ton of pet hair on it. He said, and I put it in this new pet hair dryer, 
And he said, and I pulled it out and he said, I couldn't find one hair. So it does work amazingly. He said, but here is what is the crazy part about this. He said, on the instruction manual, it actually says, do not put your pet in the dryer. (laughs) This is not to groom your pet. (laughs) He's like, no. And you know, people have done that. They wouldn't have it there if people hadn't done that. That's exactly what he said. He said, how many people have done that that has forced them to have to put that statement on there that that you don't like wash your pet and then throw your pet in the dryer? I'm like, he's like, how dumbed down do we have to be in order to know? He said, do, do, do you know, Didi, that you're not supposed to put your pet in the dryer? I was like, what now? <laughs> what? So yeah. this this was this was crazy. Now he he said it works amazing. He said that some new in the washer, he said, which he said, I don't have the washer, but when you wash um your clothes, it has some sort of kind of container in there that captures all the hair, and then you can pull that container out and actually get rid of the hair, right? Yeah. In this new pet washer and pet dryer. I haven't seen them. Uh, but now I'm going to look at them because he came up with, told me that story. Yeah, we need it. We need a new washer and dryer. And, you know, I was just looking briefly online um, and we need to look a little more, but I saw that I saw a pet something, something. And I'm like, Hmm, I wonder what that is, but that's, that's good to know. Maybe that's, I wonder if it picks up if tissues too, because I'm famous when the guys leave the tissues in my pocket. I I am the worst. Is that, (laughs) does it, is it indicative of, of our age? (laughs) <laughs> I I don't know, but I would laugh because Chris Chris always comments about that. It's like, can't you remember to take the tissues out of your pocket? I'm like, I can't. And then I'd go when my mom was alive, I'd go help her with her laundry. And I said, you know what? I helped my mom. She had a little like stackable washer and dryer, you know, in her apartment. And I'd come home and I'd say to Chris, I said, you know, I helped my mom with the washer and dryer or, or laundry, wash and dryer laundry. And then I spent like 10 minutes picking up little pieces of tissue off her. <laughs> <laughs> he's like the apple does not fall far from the tree now i have treats in all my pockets because i'm training mac so i always have treating treats you know so now there's now there's there's always like treats i wonder if this takes you have to ask brian if it takes treats and and uh <laughs> and tissues because there's little like training treats now on the bottom of the washer along with the tissues and the you know, anything else. That's but, funny. Yeah, whatever. That's funny. Probably not well, going to t- change that habit. Right, right. I'm I'm not either. Well, I tell you what is a treat, and that is to be on Dr. Judy Jasic's Substack. So is Judy Jasic DVM. Is that correct? Dot right. Substack.com. Got it. <laughs> I haven't lost everything. All right. All right. So get over there and get on her Substack. Uh, we will be doing the itchy pet. Um course here shortly um we we um we have to put that back a week or so at the moment just due to some of the things that are going on in uh, my personal life at the moment that we have to take care of um but we will have that for you shortly so stay tuned for that make sure that you get your dog on a species appropriate diet and if you want to check out um whether a species appropriate diet and all that bacteria is going to kill your dog. Well, sign up with Dr. Jacek. Get a consult with Dr. Jacek. You don't have to listen to me because I'm just a dog food salesman. Okay. Right. That's all I am. 
That's all I do. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, you know, yeah, that's all I am. So you want to sign up with uh, Dr. Judy Jasek. That's at ahavet.com, ahavet.com. Uh, but when you do feel confident that uh, a species appropriate diet will certainly help your uh, overweight dog, your icky breath dog, your bad skin dog, your digestive problem dog, your chronic illness dogs. Well, just get over to rawdogfoodandcompany.com because your pet's health is our business. And what, Dr. Jasek? Friends, don't let friends feed kibble or fix kibble. There you go. All right. We'll see you guys soon, everybody. Bye-bye. Oh, snap. Find out how you can start your dog on the road to health and longevity. Go to rawdogfoodandcompany.com, where friends don't let friends feed kibble and where your pet's health is our business. Just snap.